Ladies and gentlemen, the following segment of the podcast is presented exclusively by Hillsdale College. Now, in its 175th year, Hillsdale is a truly independent institution where learning is prized and intellectual enthusiasm is valued. Thank you for listening and my sincere appreciation to Hillsdale for their sponsorship. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Our number is 877 Mr. Producer in America, I am perplexed. Is there a reason why the Capitol Hill Police Force, the Metropolitan Police Force, aren't having their budgets slashed, aren't being defunded in some significant way? Now, this is the reaction after the violent riots in Minneapolis in every major city in America Philadelphia, New York Seattle, Portland is there a reason why the Metropolitan Police Force in Washington DC is there a reason why the mayor isn't slashing their budget is there a reason why the speaker isn't slashing the budget of the Capitol Hill Police Force I'm I'm being honest Why is it when it involves the citizens of this country, their protection in our cities, the protection of small businesses, why is it the answer to Black Lives Matter and Antifa, thugs and rioters and criminals, people assaulting other people, assaulting the police, actually killing other people. Why is the answer to slash the police budget? But in Washington, D.C., the answer is to increase the police budget, increase the number of police, and keep the National Guard. Has anybody given that any thought whatsoever? Now, they want you to believe that the attack on the Capitol was worse than the attack on the White House, worse than the night-after-night attack with Molotov cocktails, I might remind you, and, and guns on the Portland Federal Courthouse. But I want you to hear some testimony from yesterday. It's only half a minute. 
And the great Senator Ron Johnson of Wisconsin, it's a tough state for Republicans, but I hope he chooses to run for re-election. We will back him 100%, and I hope he gets re-elected. He has turned out to be a uh, superstar. FBI Assistant Director for Counterterrorism Jill Sanborn was testifying yesterday. And I want you to listen to this. Only 30 seconds. Hat tip, right scoop, cut to go. How many firearms were uh, confiscated uh, in the Capitol or on Capitol grounds during that day? To my knowledge, we have not recovered any on that day from any other arrests at the scene at this point. But I don't want to speak on behalf of Metro and Capitol Police, but to my knowledge, none. So to the knowledge of the FBI Assistant Director for Counterterrorism, they're taking the lead on the investigations. The federal government's taking the lead on the prosecution. So she's speaking for the FBI. She's speaking for the Department of Justice. As far as they know, not a single instance... Not one, not one was a firearm recovered. Nobody has been arrested for having a firearm. Not one. That's some insurrection. Go ahead. Charged with an actual firearm weapon in the Capitol or on Capitol grounds. Correct. The closest we came was the vehicle that uh, had the Molotov cocktails in it. And when we did a search of that vehicle later on, there was a weapon. But how, how many shots were fired that we know of? I believe the only shots that were fired were the ones that resulted in the death of the um, one lady. No guns. The only g- gunfire was a uh, Capitol Hill policeman shooting the, uh, the protester. No bombing, no Molotov cocktails, the place wasn't on fire, like when the Weather Underground attacked it. And they keep calling this an insurrection. So we had an insurrection, even though the President of the United States, at the time, called up 10,000 National Guardsmen, but they weren't used. It's an insurrection led by the President of the United States, even though there was all this pre-planning involved, as the media have reported, some of the media. There was an insurrection at the direction of the President of the United States, even though the attack on the Capitol began before he finished his speech. There was an insurrection. An insurrection. Even though there were absolutely no firearms. And we have fencing with barbed wire at the top, with razor wire at the top. We still have 6,000 National Guardsmen there. Something is very wrong about this, ladies and gentlemen. Something is terribly, terribly wrong. And then we're told the Speaker of the House and then the leader of the Senate, the Republican leader now, McConnell, didn't know anything. They weren't briefed on any of the dangers. They didn't know anything. The FBI director testifies yesterday that he never actually read the threat assessment that came on his desk until several days later. Excuse me? Well, they're very busy. Well, you know what? I was chief of staff to the Attorney General of the United States, and we not only had to know what was going on at the FBI, we had to know what was going on at the DEA, the Marshals, the U.S. Attorney's Office, the Antitrust Division, the Civil Division, the Criminal Division. The Civil Rights Division, the Bureau of Prisons, at that time, the INS, we had to know a hell of a lot. 
And we had a system in place that would prioritize urgencies. Do they not have that at the FBI? Did they not see this as urgent? This guy, Ray, what a disaster. He gets up there in his snarky, bizarre kind of way. He hadn't read the threat assessment. The sergeant arms in the House and the sergeant arms in the Senate, they were worried about optics. They really didn't do anything. Yet the information was in the hands of the FBI, thanks to the NYPD and thanks to the Norfolk office. They had the information. But no, it's Trump. He incited an insurrection. First, he did not. And second, it wasn't an insurrection. Not only weren't any uh, firearms used during the course of this insurrection, there weren't any firearms. According to Jill Sanborn, under sworn testimony, FBI Assistant Director for Counterterrorism. Meanwhile, they're slashing police all over the country. Slashing them. The white supremacist, white privileged police, which, by the way, includes black police, Asian police, Latino police, all kinds of police from all kinds of backgrounds. doesn't matter. Apparently, the only police force that isn't racist, the only police force that needs an increase in their budget is the one that protects the Capitol building. And the only time to call in the National Guard is not when our streets are burning, not when our streets are burning, not when our stores are being looted, not when arson's taking place, not when people are being physically brutalized and some shot No, 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 we don't call in the National Guard then. You know what Nancy Pelosi calls them then? Stormtroopers. But when they're protecting her, apparently they're not stormtroopers. And we need more of them, and they need bigger budgets, we need higher fences, we need more military to protect our Congress, but not our citizens. I'm going to play this testimony one more time. It's only 35 seconds. It completely counters the narrative about the insurrection, the insurrection, the insurrection. Look, it was bad enough what took place. It was appalling enough that they seek to exploit it for political purposes for a thousand reasons. Go ahead. How many firearms were uh, confiscated uh, in the Capitol or on Capitol grounds during that day? To my knowledge, we have not recovered any on that day from any other arrests at the scene at this point. But I don't want to speak on behalf of Metro and Capitol Police, but to my knowledge, none. So nobody's been charged with an actual firearm weapon in the Capitol or on Capitol grounds? Correct. The closest we came was the vehicle that uh, had the Molotov cocktails in it. And when we did a search of that vehicle later on, there was a weapon. But How, How many shots were fired that we know of? I believe the only shots that were fired were the ones that resulted in the death of the um one lady. There you have it. I'll be right back. Lovin. Are you worried about America's future? Times of trouble are full of reasons to despair. But those who built and have preserved our country didn't despair. So to do our part, we need to draw on the books, the history, and the ideas that gave our forefathers and mothers strength and inspiration. Hillsdale College was founded in 1844 to teach these very things, and it teaches them still today. 
We can all study these things, all with Hillsdale College professors right in our homes. Through Hillsdale's free online courses, we can study the history of our civilization, the wisdom of ancient and Judeo-Christian philosophers, and the writings of Shakespeare and Mark Twain. We can reacquaint ourselves with our Constitution. We can learn how the Constitution has been undermined, and more importantly, how it can be recovered. Friends, as we fight in defense of family, faith, and freedom, let us draw on the best of the past with Hillsdale's guidance to save the greatest nation on earth. Begin learning today at levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. levinforhillsdale.com. The House passed by 10 votes this $2 trillion monstrosity, $2 trillion. It rolls off the tongue. You can't even wrap your head around it. The entire federal budget's $4.5 trillion. They call it this COVID relief bill. Only 25% of the bill has anything to do with the virus. So that's $1.5 trillion down the toilet for the teachers' unions, for cities and states that had massive debt even before the virus. It's really an appalling abuse of power, appalling abuse of power. And in the Senate, where the Republicans stuck together, 50 of them voted against the 50 Democrats where they stuck together, and the Vice President finally showed up, Kamala Harris, and she voted with her side, 51 to 50, to proceed with the vote. And to the credit of the Republicans, and led by Ron Johnson, he's objected, so they have to read the bill, which is almost 700 pages, and they have to read every amendment that they propose. But Schumer says, delay as you may, we'll get whatever we want. That is $2 trillion on top of $4.1 trillion that's been approved, so that's $6 trillion. And as I told you last evening, out of that $4.1 trillion, they haven't even spent $1 trillion. And this clown Fauci has gone all along with this. He says the schools really do need to change their HVAC systems. Excuse me? What the hell are you talking about, man? Turns out one of his kids, I say kids, he's 80 years old. One of his kids is probably in their 50s, if not 60s. Works for Twitter. Did you know that, Mr. Producer? Maybe that helps explain why Twitter bans and censors virtually anybody who disagrees with Dr. Fauci. And behind this is a $2 trillion infrastructure bill. And in front of this was the massive HR1. And if you don't listen to this show and you don't follow what's in HR1, the way the Associated Depressed and Reuters report it, this is the greatest reform effort in election law in half a century. Reform effort? This bill has as its purpose to steal our republic and hand it to the Democrat Party. It's that simple. I would ask you, do you want the Democrat Party in power forever without any effective challenge? When you go to vote, do you want your vote to be utterly meaningless? Because they claim that all these other people who are voting, even though they don't know if they're voting properly... If you dare to challenge them, show ID, signature, so forth and so on, that there's something wrong with you, we know this is a scam. The whole thing's a scam. 
But the Democrats are revealing themselves, and so are Biden. And the question is, how much damage will they do until everybody wakes up? And one of the things I want to get into here is the Joe Biden child migrant disaster. We didn't have a migrant disaster, let alone a child migrant disaster, on the southern border six weeks ago. We didn't have a disaster two months ago. It's gone pretty smoothly, rather. Rather well. The fencing was going up, the wall, 500 miles. It was going to be completed. We were going to get, by the end of a second Trump administration, a full 800 miles, a wall that's effective. He backed the Border Patrol. He backed ICE. He had deals with countries from which many of these individuals are coming, particularly Mexico. They said it couldn't be done, and he did it. He cut a deal with Mexico. You want refugee status in the United States? You seek status while you're in Mexico or in some other country. You don't seek the status in America because we know you will not show up for your court date. Ninety-five percent of the people are given a court date, and they're always two, three, four years away. Do not show up. Everybody knows that. So Biden does away with the processes that Trump puts in place for the purpose of allowing chaos and anarchy to take place. Now we have it. We have a human disaster on the southern border. So all those who want an open border, all the immigration front groups, all the big mouths and clowns in Hollywood and professional sports who pretend that they're compassionate and humane, I have an idea. Open your doors, open your homes, and take these kids in. They have nowhere to stay. We're 94, 95% capacity. We're going to be over 100% capacity by the end of the month. We've never seen anything like this. In the first six weeks of this idiot president, Axios, a left-wing site, breaks the story. Somebody leaked the HHS documents to Axios. Now, we've been hearing Pasaki say, day in and day out, it's not a crisis. We've been hearing the, the clown that runs H, uh, the uh, Homeland Security tell us it's not a crisis. We'll manage this thing. It is a crisis. It's a disaster. It's a disaster for these kids. It's a disaster for the people on the border. It's a disaster for this country. And they're coming in here, and if they test positive for COVID, they're being released in the United States, in our communities. People traveling to Massachusetts, to North Carolina, throughout Texas, all over the country. And this idiot, Biden, calls governors in Texas and Mississippi Neanderthal. Neanderthal, he would know. Now I'm not done. I'll be right back. Are you worried about America's future? Times of trouble are full of reasons to despair. But those who built and have preserved our country didn't despair. So to do our part, we need to draw on the books, the history, and the ideas that gave our forefathers and mothers strength and inspiration. Hillsdale College was founded in 1844 to teach these very things, and it teaches them still today. We can all study these things, all with Hillsdale College professors right in our homes. Through Hillsdale's free online courses, we can study the history of our civilization, the wisdom of ancient and Judeo-Christian philosophers, and the writings of Shakespeare and Mark Twain. We can reacquaint ourselves with our Constitution, 
We can learn how the Constitution has been undermined, and more importantly, how it can be recovered. Friends, as we fight in defense of family, faith, and freedom, let us draw on the best of the past with Hillsdale's guidance to save the greatest nation on earth. Begin learning today at levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. levinforhillsdale.com. Driving the media mad. Mark Levin, call in with your outrage. 877-381-3811. So this website got these internal documents from the Department of Health and Human Services that show how quickly the number of child migrants crossing the border is overwhelming the administration's stretch resources. This is a self-inflicted wound against our country, against the people in America who live on the border and the towns on the border, against the people trying to come across the border, and the spread of COVID-19. I notice nobody's asked Fauci about this. In the week ending March 1, the Border Patrol referred to HHS custody an average of 321 children per day, according to documents obtained by Axios. That's up from a weekly average of 203 in late January and early February, and just 47 per day during the first week of January. The same document says the shelter system is 94% occupied and expected to reach its maximum this month. Meanwhile, some of President Biden's top officials responsible for immigration policy are planning a trip to the U.S.-Mexican border this weekend. Wow! So we're going to pay for a junket. That'll fix things. The influx of unaccompanied minors is a mushrooming problem for the new president and his policy and social welfare agencies. Behind the scenes, HHS has already moved to open overflow shelters and to increase the speed with which it releases children to caretakers already in the U.S. That's what's going to happen. What's happening is parents are sending their kids ahead. This is what's happening because they know the policy. The kids are not going to be sent anywhere. They're going to be sent within the United States somewhere. And then the Biden administration wants to bring the parents in to be with the kids. Presto. And then on top of that, we'll have chain migration. In the week ending March 1st, an average of 174 children were released from HHS custody every day. That was up from a weekly average of 90 in late January, early February, according to the documents. But the number of migrants held in Border Patrol custody longer than three days has been rising nearly each day, according to additional documents reviewed by Axios. Kids and teens caught crossing the border without legal guardians are being held in Border Patrol facilities for more than three days for an average of 77 hours, as CNN first reported. This week, DHS Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas insisted the current situation is not yet a crisis. Don't worry, it's not yet a crisis. He's a liar. That's all these people do is lie. It's clear the number of children crossing the U.S.-Mexico border could fast overwhelm government systems in ways similar to the crises in 2014 and 2019. And Trump moved quickly. Remember what happened then? He said there are caravans coming. And then he really pressured Mexico, and they didn't come anymore. And... 
Notice Acosta and the media back then? What do you mean a caravan's coming? What do you mean this is happening? What do you mean that is happening? The uptick comes while the administration continues to use an emergency public health order to quickly deport migrant adults and some families, including asylum seekers. In other words, we're overwhelmed now. At the same time, Biden has reversed a Trump administration policy of using the public health order to quickly turn away unaccompanied children. And so, the parents send their children. The source who provided the internal Biden administration documents expects to see family migration rise over the next months as well. Of course they do. Internally, government officials have been sounding the alarm bells. DHS is expecting a record number of child migrants this year. They figure about 117,000 or more. HHS told the White House it needs 20,000 beds to humanely accommodate the children who are coming over now. Remember when Biden was sitting there and saying, where are the PPEs? And the Trump just wasn't ready. Trump didn't do anything. Trump didn't do enough. Look at this. Look at this. China unleashes this virus on the world. Trump moves heaven and earth to confront it, wrestles it to the ground, gets therapeutics, gets vaccines, and on and on and on. And he's attacked. Joe Biden opens our borders, encourages parents to send their children into this country. God knows what's happened to these children during the trip. Some of these people have the virus. We know they're being tested, not all of them. And they're being let loose in the country. And by the way, do you know who's testing them? Do you know who's testing them, Mr. Producer? Federal government's not testing them. The towns are. The border towns are testing them. Because they're coming into the border towns and they're being released into these border towns, so they're testing them. HHS isn't testing them. Homeland Security's not testing them. Nobody in the Biden administration is testing them. The towns and the states are testing them. And they have nowhere to put them. And they release them. The whole country is a sanctuary city. Have you ever in your life seen a president of the United States who doesn't give a crap about the citizens of the United States? Have you ever seen anything like that? He spends time attacking governors who know exactly what the hell they're doing. And the citizens who live in their states who know exactly what they're supposed to do in order to protect themselves from the virus. But he has created now a human catastrophe on the border. Just as if they take over health care, they will create a human catastrophe when it comes to our health and medical treatment. They're creating a human catastrophe with their massive spending, another $2 trillion. And Schumer can't wait. Schumer wants the money because, first and foremost... It bails out California, it bails out New York, it bails out Illinois, Michigan, New Jersey. It bails out the darkest of the blue states and the lousiest run states of the bunch in the cities too. You and I, we the people. The people who live in these states, the majority who vote for them, not you, the majority who vote for them, They're going to keep voting for people like this because they're all going to be bailed out by the federal government every time the Democrats run it. On top of that, they're pushing a big 
gun confiscation and control bill that they're developing. They're pushing a wealth tax. They're pushing a guaranteed minimum income. They're pushing and pushing and pushing. Let me ask you a question. What kind of country is this? That's not the country that was founded. Where the focus is on the individual, individual accountability and responsibility, individual free will and freedom. We don't even talk about that anymore. We don't talk about faith. We don't talk about family. We don't talk about private property rights and hard work and success. We don't talk about that anymore. It's always about government programs, government redistribution of wealth, government transformation. Government says this group deserves reparations and this group has to pay for them. And this group is white and this group is not. And on and on and on. What the hell kind of government is this? And those of you who are members of the Democrat Party, I don't care what your race is. How the hell can you be a member of a party like this? What kind of party is the Democrat Party? It's a party of tyranny. The totalitarian mindset. That's exactly what it is. We all now work for, pay homage to, subsidize the Democrat Party. That's what we're talking about here. This $1.9 trillion isn't for the American people. Three-fourths of it's for the Democrat Party and Democrat Party groups and institutions. Your hard-earned income and whatever you haven't paid in taxes, they just print They just print it. They have a new idea. It's not even called the earned uh, child credit anymore. They have a proposal. That everybody who earns under a certain amount, that for every child they have who's under seven years old, they get $3,600 a year. Wow. Now that could be in addition to Food stamps, in addition to other welfare payments, in addition to Medicaid, in addition to all of that. And on top of that, on top of that, they want a, a continuous relief payment. Remember that? I read that to you yesterday. They're creating a minimum wage, a minimum income for people. You have three kids, under seven, you get over $10,000 just for having kids. And if they're over seven, you get three thousand a kid. Plus, you're going to get relief. It'll just automatically continue. Plus, you're going to get free medical care, Medicaid. And if they have their way, they're going to nationalize, and you have free medical care. Plus, you'll get food stamps. Plus, 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 plus. Now, let me ask you a question. Why would you take a minimum wage job if you're getting all those freebies? If you can be on the dole and get that kind of money. I'm being quite honest. Why would you take a minimum wage job? Whether $15 an hour or whatever the hell it is. Why would you do that? You wouldn't. You wouldn't. So their answer is to flood the country with illegal aliens. The Democrat policies and they are killing this country. What made this country great was individual responsibility. The freedom to succeed or fail. Hard work. Smart work. Family. Family. Limited government. Limited regulations. A basic level of taxation. 
for basic needs. All the rest of this is illegitimate. All the rest of this pablum and the rest has been imported from Europe. It's been imported as a result of the German philosophers and some of the French philosophers who never believed in individual liberty, who never believed in republicanism, who never believed in limited government. These are societies from which we had kings and queens, from which we had fascists and Marxists. America's never had any of this. A relatively new country. America's never had any of this, but we have it now. Right in front of your eyes. It's unraveling. I'll be right back. Are you worried about America's future? Times of trouble are full of reasons to despair. But those who built and have preserved our country didn't despair. So to do our part, we need to draw on the books, the history, and the ideas that gave our forefathers and mothers strength and inspiration. Hillsdale College was founded in 1844 to teach these very things. And it teaches them still today. We can all study these things, all with Hillsdale College professors right in our homes. Through Hillsdale's free online courses, we can study the history of our civilization, the wisdom of ancient and Judeo-Christian philosophers, and the writings of Shakespeare and Mark Twain. We can reacquaint ourselves with our Constitution. We can learn how the Constitution has been undermined, and more importantly, how it can be recovered. Friends, as we fight in defense of family, faith, and freedom, let us draw on the best of the past with Hillsdale's guidance to save the greatest nation on earth. Begin learning today at levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. levinforhillsdale.com. So we have a disaster on the border right now. Solely made by Joe Biden and his big mouth. He has undone virtually every single system and process the Trump administration put in place to secure the border, protect the American people, and ensure that children were not being sent into the United States by their parents. People seeking refugee status would not be in the United States where they would disappear and not show up at the administrative law hearing. All common sense measures. All common sense measures. But not Joe Biden. And the radicals and the extremists who he has uh, laced throughout the federal government. We haven't even gotten a foreign policy yet. Where China's on the move again, Iran's really on the move again, all of our enemies are on the move, and all of our allies are biting their fingernails, wondering what the hell's going to happen. And what else has he done? How many of you have kids who are in high school? How many of you have girls who are in high school? With the sign of a signature. Joe Biden destroyed girls' high school sports. Anybody with common sense who isn't caught up in these radical movements knows damn well that a boy, or really a young man at that point, 
whether he wants to be a girl, whether he thinks he's a girl, whatever, that the best of the girls can't compete against boys physically. Physically, it's an impossibility. Or maybe there's a case here and there where it is, but for the most part, it just doesn't fly. And so Joe Biden buckles to this. It's not a civil rights movement. If people identify as something that they're not, that's their belief, that's their issue, that's how they want to live, okay. But you don't oppose that on the entirety of society. You don't oppose that on the entirety of society. You don't oppose, impose it on high school girls and destroy athletics for high school girls. Just look how they're treating our kids. They don't care if the schools are open. They're in the back pockets of the teachers' unions. He destroys girls' sports in high school. I don't want to hear any more about the kids when it comes to the Democrats. And look at the foreign kids, how they're treating them. From the Westwood One Podcast Network. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811, Anthony Fauci is a fraud, in my opinion. A quack, in my opinion. Highly political and very liberal. He is a media whore. I've said a lot there, and I'll stand behind every damn one of them. And he goes on the Morning Schmo Show today. Now, Mr. Producer, we made a specific request for Anthony Fauci to come on this radio show, did we not? Any day, any time, correct? They said he was too busy that last week, and then they just would never get back to us, did they? So Dr. Anthony, a.k.a. Tony Fauci, the Fauci, will not come on this program. He'll go everywhere else, but he will not. I'm sure he'll go on Chinese TV, but he won't come on this program. So he's on the Morning Joe show, and this points out my point, which is the guy's a hack for the left. He doesn't go on many Fox shows anymore either. He certainly doesn't go on any opinion shows, which are the biggest rated shows on Fox. He doesn't come on this show, which is the second largest syndicated show in America. So he's on the Morning Schmo Show, and here's what he says. I want you to listen to this. All you parents out there, I want you to listen to this. Cut five, go. So why are schools not open, in your judgment? Yeah, of course, there, there are several reasons. It, it's complicated. It's just not easy. You know, Actually, open. it's not complicated in the least. If you follow the science, it's not complicated at all. It's complicated for him because he's a liberal wasn't complicated in Florida. This is my point. Remember when the economy was shut down and he said that, you know, unfortunately it's inconvenient while he was still collecting $417,000 a year. This guy has, has a very cold heart. He really does. 
Now, when it comes to the school children, it's very complicated. No, it's not complicated. You know, Mr. Producer, if we have time, if not today, tomorrow, you remember those five pediatricians that NBC pulled together and every one of them said, this is like months ago, that they would send their kids to school months ago. Before there was a vaccine. Now there's two plus another three. Before there were therapeutics. Before we even knew all the data, and the more the data comes in, it's more clear than ever that the schools should be open. So Fauci's not following the science. Well, it's actually very complicated, you know. Continue, please. There are several issues. First of all, you want to make sure that the first and the most important thing is to guarantee the safety and the health of the children, of the teachers, and other people. This is just, uh, you know, you can pull somebody off the street to say this stuff. We're going to have a really, truly outstanding doctor, practicing doctor on the program in the third hour, the great Dr. Siegel. I just think he's the best. He really is terrific. Go ahead. Educational program. We've got to make sure that the schools have the resources to do the kinds of things they need to do. And they have the resources. Uh, They really do. You know, there's... uh, $60 $60 billion sitting there that sounds... And what are the resources? So can somebody... How is it the bank's open, the grocery store's open, Walmart's open, everybody has the resources. Yeah, all you have to do is put the damn plastic up, wear the mask, stay six feet apart, follow the, the arrows on the ground. What the hell is it? The schools. It's easier in the schools than anywhere else because the kids aren't mobile every second. They're in the classroom. All right, you sit there. There's another desk six feet apart, another one. Now we get the plexi, you wear the mask, you talk. What's the problem? What the hell is the problem? Well, you know, go ahead. Could be making sure they have masks and PPE. They have masks and PPE, you idiot. Everybody's got masks and PPE. No thanks to you, by the way. You were around for 50 years. That would be the prior president. You may have heard of him. His name's Donald Trump. What else, Fauci? What else must we do? Go ahead. The ventilation system can be improved. To ventilation be able- system? The ventilation system? Did they change the ventilation system at the Capitol building? No. Did they change the ventilation system at the Supreme Court? No. Did they change the ventilation system at the infectious disease offices where he works? No. Did they change the ventilation system at the White House? No. Had they changed it in our grocery stores and supermarkets? Had they changed it in Walmart? Had they changed ventilation systems anywhere in this country? No. Imagine the expense and the time. Change the ventilation system. And what will that do? Let's say I change a ventilation system, Mr. Producer. How will that stop the virus? Am I still going to have a ventilation system? I'm still going to have a ventilation system, aren't I? So if these tiny, tiny, itsy, bitsy, little molecules are getting in, they're going to get in. The ventilation system. When you go to a place, ladies and gentlemen, a restaurant or a grocery do you say, I'm only coming in if you change the ventilation system? All the 7-Elevens are open. The Wawa's on the East Coast. All the, they're all, did they change their ventilation system? No, they didn't change their ventilation system. Oh, my goodness. What a crock. 
Listen to this guy. Go ahead. Diminish the likelihood that there'll be spread of infection. No, it won't. I'm not even an expert. I'm a lawyer. No, it won't. It won't change anything. Air in, air out. Air in, breathe air. Breathe out, carbon dioxide. Air in, air out. Oh, we're going to change the ventilation systems. It's not going to do anything. If somebody comes into the building, how does that affect the vent? You got people coming and going and coming and going. What's the ventilation system have to do with it? And there's never any pushback with this guy. This is Bill Geist. Willie Geist, the Wilster. The Wilster. Hey, Will, uh, Will. Hey there, you awake? Hey, yeah, I'm, I'm here. Will, couldn't you ask a couple of tough questions? Like, uh, how will that affect anything? You know, people come into the schools. They come from all backgrounds. All, they go throughout the community. What's the ventilation system going to do for this? You're wearing the mask. You got the distancing going. You know, ladies and gentlemen, have they changed the ventilation systems in all the post offices in America? Not one. And the FedExes and UPS stores? No. So the only place we're supposed to change the ventilation systems as a condition of working is our schools. And there they are, the kids, who have the least problem with this virus. This guy's not a doctor, not serious. I define him as a quack. That's my opinion. Quack, quack, Fauci. Quack, quack to you. But we got to hear what the Fauci has to say. I'm the Fauci. We got to hear what he has to say. Very, very important when we hear what he has to say. Now, he's not an expert on all health matters. He's not an expert on all medical matters. And as I discussed with the great governor of Florida, DeSantis, last Sunday on Life, Liberty, and Levin, at some point, all the carnage, apart from this virus, is going to have to be determined. All the other health maladies, all the other, unfortunately, deaths, all the other conditions that took place, which we don't even talk about today. They're not talk- Nobody talks about them, any of them. You got severe heart disease in this country. You have people who have diabetes in this country, Alzheimer's in this country. It gets no attention. What's a no attention? And we got to change the ventilation systems and the masks. You got to do this. How about Alzheimer's? What have we? Well, you know, heart disease. Well, unbelievable, unbelievable. This guy. I really, I really detest him. What? I detest him. Because listen to this, how political. So in other words, if we don't spend $1.9 trillion in the Biden bill, which is what he said last week, we shouldn't open the schools. Because we have to change the ventilation systems. What a clown. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Over 2,000 of you, my listeners, made the switch from overpriced wireless carriers to Pure Talk over the past few months. We want the rest of you to join us and to see what we're talking about. If you're with AT&T and Verizon or T-Mobile, your family could save over $800 a year just by switching to Pure Talk. You get great coverage, you can keep your phone and your number, and you'll save a fortune. 
Pure Talk is the top-rated wireless company by Consumer Affairs with the absolute best consumer service team based right here in America. Does that sound good? Well, it gets better. Right now, get unlimited talk, text, and six gigs of data, just $30 a month. And if you go over on data, they don't charge you for it. They don't care. Go to puretalkusa.com and enter promo code Levin Podcast. Again, puretalkusa.com, promo code Levin, L-E-V-I-N Podcast. And when you do, you'll save 50% off your first month. That's puretalkusa.com, promo code Levin Podcast. Pure Talk USA, simply smarter wireless. Dr. Fauci, all these uh, private schools and parochial schools that are open and been open, all these daycare facilities that are open and been open, may I ask you a question? Did they change other, uh, other HVAC systems? Did they do that too, Dr. Fauci? No, I don't think they did that. No, I know they didn't do that. No, no. This guy should be fired. I've said this to you before. Now, why should he be fired? Because... It's on his watch. And somebody needs to be held accountable, who is the top of the chain of the scientific slash medical crowd over there in the uh, Washington, D.C. federal bureaucracy. So half, they're telling us half a million people died from the coronavirus, correct? The coronavirus is, broadly speaking, under the purview of the infectious disease operation there, right? That's correct. The Fauci, the Fauci, yeah. Okay, they weren't ready for anything like this. Okay, understandable. They didn't have any PPA. All right, got it, got it. All right, there we are. When it comes to the vaccines, actually his office was not the lead office in pushing that. The President of the United States, Donald Trump, appointed a special outsider, brought him in, created this Operation Warp Speed. There were many people involved, but he was not leading that effort. All right, whatever. Honest to God, I don't know what he does. In all these interviews, shouldn't some, I, I would love him to come back on. I have so many more questions to ask. What do you actually do every day? What do you do? What do you do? And these half a million people died. Do you take any responsibility for it? You know, you're pointing fingers at politicians. The fact is, when the rubber hits the road, that's your responsibility. So do you take any responsibility for this? What about all the other people and all the other diseases, including infectious diseases, but all the other maladies and illnesses and so forth? Do you take any of that into consideration? The decisions you make, do you take any of that into consideration? We have kids committing suicide at a rate we've never seen before because of these school closures. And depression, does that bother you? Of course it bothers you. Okay, what about it? Well, we need to change the HVAC system. We need to, we got to change the HVAC Only place on the whole damn face of the earth where we got to change the HVAC system is in our school systems. Nowhere else. Not in the federal bureaucracy, state bureaucracy, not the local courthouses. Not the grocery stores, not the hardware stores. You don't have to change them in the fast food restaurants. No, 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 no. Private schools, parochial schools, no, no, no. Churches, synagogues, No. Federal buildings, no. But the schools where the kids are, who are the most resistant to this virus and the least susceptible from getting ill from it, there we have to change the HVAC system. Now, does anybody really believe this? What is this clown doing on TV? This isn't a joke. 
How does he sleep at night? Oh, let's give him another award. The Israelis give him an award. Hollywood gives him an award. The U.S. government gives an award. Guy's pocketing 417000 a year. God knows what his bonuses are. He's got a pension up the wazoo. He hasn't missed a damn paycheck one day in his life. And I think about this. The guy's been in this position 38 years, but who's counting? Think of all the other tremendous minds and qualified people who could have been filling this position over the last decade or maybe the last two decades. Nobody should be in a position like this for 38, 39 years. You get too used to it. You get lazy intellectually. You start promoting yourself. Look, he's a narcissist. He's everywhere on TV. He's not giving information to the public that the public can use. What is he telling us? We have vaccines. We have therapeutics. There's nothing left for him to tell us. And he says, are you wearing the mask? Wear the mask. Six feet apart. What are we, idiots? We got it. Mask six feet apart. Got it. Got it. Got it. Everywhere you go, it's on the window. Mask six feet apart. Got it. Mask six feet apart. No, you don't understand. What? Mask, six feet apart. Got it. Maybe two masks. Maybe, maybe three masks. Maybe a burqa. Maybe, maybe wear uh, winter boots, put those on, you know. Oh, yeah, there we go. We're all set. So the most throwback societies on the face of the earth, they're fighting the virus the best. Oh, yeah, covered head to toe. What has he ever told us? I'm quite serious about this. What has he ever said to us? I'm thinking back now. I'm trying to rack my brain. What has he ever said to us that's ever mattered? Wear a mask. They're all telling us to wear. Don't touch, don't kiss, no sex. Don't drink water from the same, you know, spigot. Don't, 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 don't use the same soap. With the, you know, wash your hands. Why? Okay. We've got the top infectious disease expert in the face. Wash your hands and face. Oh, my mommy told me that when I was like two years old. Wash your hands and face. Oh, thank God he reminded me. Otherwise, I never wash my hands and face. Take a, sh- a shower. Who takes a shower? Oh, take a shower. Okay. Wear a mask. Okay, got a mask. Every day, wear a mask, got a mask, wear a mask, got a mask, wear a mask. It's like Dr. Erwin Corey here. Okay, got the mask, got it. Six feet apart. Not five feet and a half. Not five feet and a half apart. If you're five feet and a half, that molecule, when you sneeze, can still affect you. Oh, six feet? Six feet. Now, can I ask a question seriously? Where does that come from? Is there some test that was taken? Six feet as opposed to five feet, five feet, 11 inches. Where does six feet come from? It doesn't matter. We're all following it like a bunch of robots. We got it. Mask, six feet. What else has the man said that he's ever said that I I can't remember? Can you, Mr. Producer, seriously? What has he said? Nothing. I cannot honestly... Maybe I'm having a Biden and I don't remember. But what else has he told us to do? Oh, yeah. Stay in your house. Stay in my house. Stay in the house. Yeah, don't leave the house. Stay in the house. 
but I'm a truck driver. I need to bring food. Now stay in the house. Stay in the house. Well, I'm, I, I work on our sewage system. Make sure we have clean water. Stay in the house. Stay. Everybody, stay in the house. Stay in the house. That's it. Stay in the house. The economy crashes. I'm sorry it's inconvenient. Where'd they find this guy? Seriously. Oh, I know. All the doctors and all the scientists. Why are you being so mean? I'm not being mean. I look at things differently. They tell us a half a million people died from this virus. He's the guy in charge of dealing with it. That sounds like a failure to me, so I kick his ass out. No, you can't do that. You can't. No, no, no. I've been saying from day one, masking six feet. Now all of us... By the way, this HVAC system, he never talked about the HVAC system before, did he, Mr. Producer? All of a sudden, we're a year into this. We have three vaccines, therapeutics, herd immunity's taking over, and... And we got to change the HVAC systems here. Otherwise, you can't open the schools. It's very complicated. I'll be right back. Mark Levin, the great one. The great one, Mark Levin. Dial in now, 877-381-3811. I'm going to remind you, folks, of what those doctors said. Five top pediatricians. Five top doctors that NBC News spoke to back in July. Now, by my calculations, that's long before we had any vaccines or therapeutics. Way back in July. Now we have vaccines, we have therapeutics, we know so much more. We've got PP8 up the wazoo. It's all over the place. It was at Costco today. Little kids' masks with designs on them. Bigger masks for adults. $9.99. 14 different types of hand sanitizer. We're all set. We got our PPE now. Toilet paper up the wazoo, may I say, Mr. Producer? Paper towels, whatever you need, it's all there. Water. But now we need to change the HVAC. Oh, I see. Never said it before, but now he says it. Why? Because he's a Biden stooge, that's why. I don't much blame him for not coming on this show now, I'll be perfectly honest with you. After all, we're not the Joe Scarborough show, we're actually honest here. Just a reminder... That back in July, NBC News did a significant report. It was like two and a half minutes, which is a big deal for network news. They have the you know, concentration of cockroaches. Nonetheless, at the end, they asked the, the expert doctors, would you send your kids to school? Absolutely, absolutely, every damn one of them. Again, this is even before the vaccines, before any therapeutics, and before all the data's in. There was just enough data to know. And now, July, August, September, October, November, December, January, February, March. Now we're eight months later. You change the HVAC system. Got to work on that HVAC system. What a liar. But I want to remind you of this report, not mine, NBC News, the anti-Semite network. Cut 16, go. As schools struggle with reopening safely... (laughs) 
NBC News reached out to five top pediatricians across the country, a random sampling of doctors to find out just how dangerous the coronavirus is for kids. Our experts agree most children don't get as sick as adults and that serious complications are rare. This has been a strange pandemic because usually for respiratory viruses, children are the first and the most substantially affected. And this has really been a flip of that where it's our adults and particularly our older adults that have been more affected. In fact, kids only account for 2% of all cases. Doctors say they don't expect that number to significantly increase when schools open because kids don't appear to be good at spreading the virus. Are kids as good at transmitting the virus as adults? The data that's come out now um, seems to show that most transmissions occur from adults to adults or adults to children. The younger you are, probably the less likely you are to be able to transmit the disease. While many teachers are concerned about reopening school so soon, the five doctors we spoke to are being in a far outweigh the risk of disease. But the key is to reopen safely. We are... Uh, not seeing transmissions when we're following some simple guidelines. I think each school system is going to have to come up with their own guidelines because you can't just say that one city is just like... Wear a mask, six feet apart, wear a mask, six feet apart, go ahead. ...rules for social distancing. Keep desks three to six feet apart and make sure desks aren't facing each other. Schools may want to consider holding gym classes outside. In your perfect world of sending kids back to school, what would you like seeing set up in those school systems? They should try to um, increase the airflow in the classrooms, um, try to distance as much as possible. I have been doing a lot of um, research looking into face masks. I don't think they're um, necessarily useful. Wait a minute. Hold on. Hold on. Yellow. Yellow. All right. Skip that. Six feet apart. No face masks. Go ahead. Children, they do... Um, provide protection, I think, for high school students. Would you let your kids go back to school? I will. My kids are looking forward to it. Yes. Period. Absolutely. Absolutely. As much as I can. (laughs) Without a hesitation. Without a hesitation, yes. I have no concerns about sending my child to school in the fall. I would let my kids go back to school. Dr. John Torres, NBC News. Wow. Obviously, they hate their children, Mr. Producer. There's not even any point in them wearing masks, said one of the experts. But Dr. Fauci, wait wait a minute. No, 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 no. We have to change the HVAC system. A great country. We got to rely on a kook like this. The media keep pushing him out there. Why do the media keep using this guy? Why do the media keep pushing him out there? You know, they like to joke about things President Trump had to say. This guy's a far bigger joker. President Trump was trying to wrestle with something that was really something that most presidents have never seen before. This guy's supposed to be the expert. And so they bring him in because he says what they want him to say. You've got to pass out $1.9 trillion bill, you see, because we need to physically alter our schools. And he doesn't want to offend them. That is crap. That's not science. That's quackery. And it negatively affects your children, just like shutting down the economy. That's quote-unquote inconvenient. 
It's really quite appalling. Let's move on to the next great success, shall we? The war on American energy, a.k.a. driving up your gasoline prices, your electric prices, your fuel prices generally. Have you noticed at the pumps? Prices starting to go up significantly. Have you noticed that, Mr. Producer? Almost a dollar where you are? 35 cents where I am. 35 cents. For what? A dollar in New Jersey? So, one of my guys lives in New York. One of my guys lives in New Jersey. It's going up a dollar, almost a dollar gallon in New York. A dollar, Richie V in New Jersey. 35 cents where I live. So we'll catch up, I'm sure. For what? Oh, we're going to clean the air, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to clean the environment, the climate. We need sustainable growth. They don't believe in sustainable growth. They believe in no growth. No growth at all. So the Democrats, they're very busy in the House of Representatives. You know, I have two tremendous guests this Sunday on Life, Liberty, and Levin on Fox, 8 p.m. Eastern. Please don't miss it. If you have to miss it, please DVR it. Two great guests. Jason Whitlock, who is brilliant, and this freshman congressman from the Naples area in Florida. Byron Donalds. Byron Donalds is going to be a superstar. I have both gentlemen on the program, so I really feel you should watch it. I think you're going to really be... I think it's one of my best shows ever. I really do. And not because of me, because of them. Absolutely brilliant. And I'm bringing them up because we talk about these things. Not just race, which is important. We talk about these things. We talk about what's being done to our society. And so, when Joe Biden drives up the cost of gasoline and fuel, when they do these things, and they believe they're going to have a cleaner environment as a result, how so? The media in this country wants you to believe that natural resources are limited. Many of you actually have fallen for this. Let me try it this way. I shouldn't even do this now because all the plagiarists, cable TV and radio will pick it up. But you've heard it here first. My bags under my eyes have bags now. Because I'm up at 3 in the morning, 6 in the morning. Don't go to bed till 4 in the morning. I'm working very, very hard on this next book. But I want you to think about this. The earth is a big place, isn't it, Mr. Producer? It's a big planet. Big, big planet. How deep have we ever drilled into, the, into this planet? Have we ever drilled far enough to make a difference in this planet? Not even a pinprick. Not even a pinprick. The entire planet is made up of what? Various elements. Chemicals, metals, all kinds of stuff. We don't even know what all kinds of stuff this planet's made up of. Our drills don't even touch the surface of this planet when you look at the size of this planet. When we take oil out of the ground, we're effectively taking it out of the top of the surface of the planet. We haven't even come close to harnessing 
the natural resources in this planet. We don't even know how to. The resources are endless. When we're dead and gone as a species, the vast majority, 99.9999% of the resources of the planet Earth will still be here. They'll still be, what do they mean, sustained growth? Sustained what? Well, we're running out of XYZ mineral. No, we're not. We just haven't found them, the rest of it, or more of it. We're not running out of anything. It's impossible to run out of it. Has anybody ever explained this like this before, Mr. Producer? Nobody. And I want to give a hat tip to Dr. George Raisman. And his massive book, which is so outstanding, called Capitalism. Because he starts writing about it. I start thinking about it. I start jumping into this, digging into this. Brilliant. We couldn't. We couldn't use up any resource on this planet if we tried, if we wanted to. It's not possible. Go ahead and Google or Bing or whatever you do. Duck, duck. Do whatever you do. And go ahead and look at the size of the planet. And then find out how the deepest drill has ever gone in this planet. Not that we do it every day. It's impossible to use up the resources in this planet. We don't even know what, what this planet has in terms of resources. This whole climate change thing is about what all the rest of it's about. Controlling you. Ordering you around. Running your life. Somebody else's dream becomes your nightmare because they they manage to get power. And they use the power to rejigger society. To create their dreams, which is your hell. And they lie to us. And they lie to us all the time. Whether it's the corrupt media, whether it's the Democrat Party, whether it's the rhinos, whether it's the fraudulent academics. They're pushing agendas. And not an Americanism agenda. I'll be right back. Over 2,000 of you, my listeners, made the switch from overpriced wireless carriers to Pure Talk over the past few months. We want the rest of you to join us and to see what we're talking about. If you're with AT&T and Verizon or T-Mobile, your family could save over $800 a year just by switching to Pure Talk. You get great coverage, you can keep your phone and your number, and you'll save a fortune. Pure Talk is the top-rated wireless company by Consumer Affairs with the absolute best consumer service team based right here in America. Does that sound good? Well, it gets better. Right now, get unlimited talk, text, and 6 gigs of data, just $30 a month. And if you go over on data, they don't charge you for it. They don't care. Go to puretalkusa.com. And enter promo code Levin Podcast. Again, puretalkusa.com, promo code Levin, L E V I N Podcast. And when you do, you'll save 50% off your first month. That's puretalkusa.com, promo code Levin Podcast. Pure Talk USA, simply smarter wireless. 
Next hour, we'll take some calls as well, of course. There's a lot to get to here. Washington Examiner, House Democratic leaders introduced sweeping... Cl- Everything is sweeping. Sweeping, sweeping voting reform. Oh, thank God. Thank goodness. Sweeping climate change. Led- oh, what would we do without... Sweeping coronavirus relief. Oh, sweeping. Sweeping immigration. Oh, thank goodness. Sweeping transgender. Oh, good. Sweeping. Another sweeping. House Democratic leaders introduced sweeping climate legislation that would establish requirements for the power sector to achieve 100% clean electricity by 2035 in line with President Biden's aggressive goal. Now, let's think about this. It's 2020. 2020. What does this mean? In 15 years, what are they supposed to do? What are these power companies supposed to be? The ladies and gentlemen, are they going to turn into the power companies in California? That's what they're, this is what's being proposed here. A disaster. Brownouts, blackouts, forest fires, because they, they, they have no money to maintain their, their, uh, their lines and so forth. They're actually bankrupt. I just sneeze to the truth. What do these people know about energy? They're taking advice by radical kooks. 2035 deadline represents a significant tightening of the requirements and legislation. Unveiled Tuesday by top Democrats on the House Energy and Commerce Committee. A draft version of the bill known as the Clean Future Act. Oh, the Clean Future Act. Thank God. Not the well, Freeze to Death Act. No, 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 no. Or gasoline prices will go through the roof act. Can't name it that. So they'll mandate utilities reach 100% clean power by 2050. Windmills, well those went well in Texas. Solar panels only work when there's light. What else? It's almost as if communist China and Xi is orchestrating this whole thing. It's, it, it, I want to discuss this further after the top of the hour. We're doing more to hand the world, our economy, over to the communist Chinese than the communist Chinese are doing to take it. Because of the Marxists in our own country. We call them Democrats. Very important hour coming up, ladies and gentlemen. I hope you'll stick with us. I want to continue where I left off. We'll be right back. From the Westwood One Podcast Network. Ladies and gentlemen, this final hour of the podcast is sponsored exclusively by AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens. Now over 2 million conservative members strong, AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we care about, faith, family, and freedom. Thank you for listening, and please support AMAC. And you can become a member at amac.us slash join. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. I'm a professional. I need to remember to turn the microphone on. 
Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811. You know, I share everything with you. I really do. Mr. Producer will tell you that. I, I need to be careful sometimes what I say. I get ahead of myself because, you know, I'm working on a book and things of that sort. And this is a very weird business I'm in. Things that come between you and me. But there are people, and you're not going to believe, you, know, I, you don't have to believe me, but it's true, who transcribe what I say, or people who take notes of what I say, because I'm on, as Rush used to call me, the cleanup hitter. I'm six to nine. And so shows that come on after mine, particularly on TV, but radio shows that may come on earlier in the day tomorrow, and that certainly doesn't apply to everybody. It certainly does not. But you hear the same thing repeated. And you know what's funny? I don't even hear it. I'll hear a show here and there when I'm in the car, but people write us and they tell us, or they tell Mr. Producer, Mr. Producer, here, somebody hears. I, I don't even hear it. I don't sit there, oh, what did he say? What did he say? Why would I be on radio? Right? It's like anything else. Plagiarism's plagiarism. I don't want to get back to this thing on the climate. Climate. Chuck Todd announced a couple of years ago, you might remember, hey, listen, everybody, we're not going to tolerate climate deniers anymore. So as far as I'm concerned, as the political head of this unit here at the NBC, the Anti-Semitism Network, listen, I, I Chuck Todd, I don't even know if I graduated from anything, but here I am, Chuck Todd, a Democrat operative dressed up as a journalist. And I've decided climate change is for real. No more deniers on here. Got it? Got it? That's the end of it. little fascistic of him, don't you think? And there are many, many people who he could bring on who would question it. They would question global warming. They would question man-made global warming. They would question the extent to which man can influence it or affect it. Or they might question whether or not the, you know, the planet's even going up enough in terms of heat to make a difference. There are thousands of experts like this. Literally thousands. I've studied this. 500 of them recently signed a letter. 500 of them. It's as if they don't exist because they don't meet the narrative. And if it's so clear cut, why are there so many scientists and experts with difference, uh, differences of opinion? Well, they're deniers. And of course, they use the word denier because it's like a Holocaust denier, you know. So they have to put the worst. Uh, language or associate that person with the worst possible people in order to try and shut them down, to make them illegitimate. And these are physicists, climatologists, meteorologists, all kinds of experts. Doesn't, doesn't matter. They don't fit, you know. House Democratic leaders, they introduced this sweeping bill. So your utilities that provide you with electricity have to have 100% clean electricity. I'm not sure what that means. I think it means, you know, air, sun, that kind of stuff. In 15 years. These massive propellers, where are we going to put them? Where are we going to put them? Not going to put them in my backyard. You can put them in your backyard. Where, where are we going to put them? Where are the environmentalists? Oh, you can't build a road over there. No, no, can't build a road. Can't build this. How about these massive propellers? Hundreds and hundreds and hundreds. Oh, yeah, put them right over there. 
So what I was saying before the, uh, toward the end of the last hour, we're not benefiting from this. It's not going to be cleaner air, cleaner water. None of that's going to happen as a result of this. It'll be more than an inconvenient, Dr. Fauci, an inconvenience. This is going to affect your livelihoods. It's going to affect, just think about hospitals when you have brownouts and blackouts. But that's what's going to happen. California was, look, California was the land of opportunity. If you wanted to do something and really said, they would say, go west. By that they meant, go to California. They weren't talking about Oregon. Go to California. My God, they have low taxes, low regulations. Look at the, look at the beautiful nature all around you. Plenty of fuel. California, they got coasts. They got, oh, it's unbelievable. And people were flocking to California. Remember all this? Wasn't that long ago. To start businesses, to live wonderful lives. Became the biggest state in the country, population-wise. Then the Democrats took it over and destroyed it. Remember when New York was the most bustling, vital city and state? And people moved there in droves. They wanted opportunity and so forth. Now, New York went from being the most populated state in the country to number four, and it's falling fast. It's a disaster. Remember that? It's a disaster. Two tremendous states. Tremendous states under the hands of the Democrat Party, have been destroyed. And they want to impose that on the rest of the country. The same party, the same ideology, in some cases the same people. We cannot have 100% quote-unquote clean power in our utilities in 15 years unless you want to suffer, unless you're going to see shortages of energy, which means they're going to ration it. The timeline would jeopardize power companies' ability to keep the lights on and keep power prices affordable, says Tom Kuhn, the president of the major utility trade group, Edison Electric Institute. He's telling them, we can't do this. If you impose this on us, there are going to be consequences. So the bill comes from this idiot Frank Pallone, who's a, a jackass congressman from New Jersey. He's been there forever, stupid as a doorknob, knows nothing about electricity, I'm told as a little kid he used to run around and try and put his finger in electrical sockets. That's how stupid this guy is. But he, he's in charge. And somebody by the name of Paul Tonko of New York. Who the hell's Paul Tonko? I don't know. And Bobby Rush of Illinois. I only remember Bobby Rush as a radical's radical many, many years ago from Chicago. But now he's a climate and electricity expert. Isn't that great? Three stooges in charge of our electricity. The bill would set an interim target for the United States to cut its overall emissions in half in 10 years. In 10 years. You think that the shutting down of the Keystone XL pipeline is the end of it? Just the beginning. You have an idiot senator from Alaska. Her name is Lisa Murkowski. She was appointed by her father who had been the governor. She worked her way up the family ladder, apparently. Alaska's in for big, big trouble. All oil-producing states are in deep, deep trouble. 
you're going to see tens of thousands of hardworking men and women put out of work. We're going to find them new jobs. You're not going to find them crap. I'll prove it to you. How many of the people laid off from the Keystone XL pipeline have been provided with alternative, even better paying jobs by the Biden administration? Not a damn one. Tonko, whoever the hell that is, Congressman Tonko told reporters that the legislation is in line with the, quote, aggressive, bold climate plans sweeping, I hear, of the Biden administration. What we put together is a plan here. By the way, these three stooges didn't put anything together. They handed off to their 14-year-old staffers who handed off to these outside radical kook, degrowth environmental types, and they write this stuff up. What we put together is a plan here, certainly with the input of the new administration that lays the groundwork for innovation. Since when is regression innovation? Since when are brownouts and blackouts innovation? Bobby Rush also noted that the committee will have an open-door policy with members of the industry to be able to offer input. Offer input? You just wrote the bill. You're voting on it. Offer input into what? They're not even having committee hearings, ladies and gentlemen. You and I have no idea what the hell's going on until they vote on it. You have no input. Your representative has no input. So there you go. It's sweeping. They're creating nirvana right here in America. Open borders, illegal aliens pouring in, many of whom actually have the coronavirus. They've destroyed girls' sports, giving into a powerful lobby. They're going to tax your wealth. Now, your wealth has already been taxed. You know, you've had income taxes at the federal and state level in most cases. You've had other kinds of taxes, business tax, this tax, that tax, that tax. So you accumulate some wealth. You know what? You're too rich. We're taking 3% of that. Excuse me? You don't have that power under our Constitution. We don't care. And we're going to make D.C. a state. Wait a minute. You don't have that power under our Constitution. So what? We don't care. And we're going to pack the Supreme Court. Oh, yes, we are. And then we're going to nationalize voting. Wait a minute. You don't have that power under the Constitution. So what? Yes, we are. And then we're going to get rid of the filibuster rule. And we're going to do that so everything we want, we can roll through with our massive mandate, a majority of 50 senators and a 10-member lead in the House. We're going to do it all. You know, in the 1960s, the left used to call people fascist pigs. Did you remember that, Mr. Matthews? You wouldn't. You were too young. These are fascist pigs. I'll be right back. Mark Levin. AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, is one of the fastest growing organizations in America. Now over 2 million conservative members strong, and I'm one of them. AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we constitutional conservatives care about. More than talk, AMAC fights. A full-time presence in Washington, AMAC pushes back against reckless spending, disasters like Medicare for All, and the expanding reach of the federal government. And beyond advocacy, joining AMAC gives you access to a wealth of benefits and discounts, including special member-only rates on car insurance, travel discounts, cell phone plans, and a hell of a lot more. And if that's not enough, you'll get AMAC's bi-monthly magazine full of insightful articles on issues that matter to most of us, we conservatives. As I said, I'm an AMAC member, and you should be too. Join today at amac.us. 
That's A-M-A-C dot U-S. Stop supporting the liberal agenda that the other 50-plus organization has been pushing for. Join AMAC instead. A-M-A-C dot U-S. It's a pleasure to have America's doctor on the program. At least that's the way I view him. Author of COVID, The Politics of Fear and the Power of Science, Dr. Mark Siegel. How are you, sir? Mark, I love the intro. I'm doing great. You know, I'm, Doctor. I'm here in wasted uh, New York City. Every what's time that? I come here, I'm here in wasted New York City. Oh, Every boy. time I come here, I see the damage of a uh, of a blue city, blue state. This place used to be majestic and magnificent. Mm. It's so sad to watch this, and uh, but I'm watching Doctor Fauci. I don't want to drag you into a controversy or anything, but he keeps raising the bar. Kids really should go to school, and they change their HVAC systems and all the rest of it. He didn't mention this six months ago or ten months ago. We have more data than ever before. I played the, uh, the audio of NBC News and the five pediatric experts all have said back then in July that, yeah, of course we would send our kids back to school. Why is he doing this? Because he's a virologist and he's focusing on the virus and he's looking at minuscule risks and, not, and he's not focusing on the maximum risks, the larger picture of what the damage is doing to kids where you're seeing tremendous numbers of, of uh, drug overdoses and suicides and depression, tr- depression among our, our youth is climbing, it's soaring, it's greater than ever before. Um, and it's, by the way, way out distancing the damage done by COVID to our young. We, let's not forget that. I mean, way more people, way more children are dying of suicide than of COVID. Uh, Unbelievable. At, not even close. Not even close. And yet, if I didn't hear you say that, actually, I wouldn't even know that. Why, why is it that only limited amounts of information from the public health, uh, federal public health uh, entities actually get to us? Why is that? Because of fear. Well, first of all, because of fear. Because politicians are using fear to control us and to get more regulations and to get more things passed that empty our pockets, which are already kind of empty. Not yours and mine, but I mean, everybody, everybody. Right. And, and they, they use fear to control, and they want this fear to be prolonged as long as possible, whether they know it or not. The media latches on to that to try to get ratings. And, and so it becomes, as you, as you just said, the goalposts are moved. The, the, we hear one thing one day, and then even as things are getting better with this vaccine and, and the case numbers are falling, you start hearing it's still not time. But, what, what, but when you say it's still not time, that means a, a five-year-old in a poor neighborhood without a computer that, that's isolated from his friends that, that can't learn and, and, and can't learn how to interact. I, I think the damage is incalculable, and we'll only realize this 10, 20, 30 years down the road, what we're doing to this generation of children. They're clearly not following the science. Hey, look, we know some states, big states like Florida, have their schools open, and it seems to be working quite well. Why doesn't – I asked uh, Governor DeSantis, I said, has Dr. Fauci ever picked up the phone and called you about anything you're doing? He said, not once. Not once. He doesn't know what's going on in these schools or anything. He's in Washington, D.C. He's in his cubicle, well, his office. You said he's, he's a, what did you call him? And a, a, he's a, a virologist. He's a, he's a vaccine expert, and he understands the, the virus itself very well. The public health damage and the public health pr- proportions of this are, are more of an epidemiologist venue. And, and it's not something that he's... But by, by the way, you mentioned Governor DeSantis, Mark. I was thinking as you said that, it's a Jekyll and Hyde. You have Governor DeSantis, bright and shining star, and then you have the guy who wrote the book and won the Emmy. Oh that's, 
you know, on and on and on. Sexual harassment, accused of that multiple and multiple times, and then, of course, taking a bow. That should have told us something. Taking a bow, asking for 30,000 ventilators. You remember that? Oh. And then, of course, the, the infamous sending people back to nursing homes who were still COVID positive, spreading it like kindling and fires. And, and, and yet again, about the numbers. And, and yet again, Fauci pointed to him as an example. That, let me ask you something. Again, I'm not, you don't have to answer. They say 500,000 deaths resulting from the coronavirus. I don't know if that's exactly right because the CDC early on was very ambiguous about its definitions and so forth. But let's say it's 500 or in the ballpark and you're the infectious disease guy. It seems to me he's going around taking a lot of bows, too, on television. Am I wrong? He likes television, and he's very articulate on television. Um, and I, he's not in the same league as the governor in terms of – I mean, I'm doing what I hate to do, which is the Goldwater rule. I'm diagnosing this governor, and he's, he's right. way out there, narcissistic and sociopathic, and clearly doesn't care about these women. And I mean, he's, he's something else. I've never examined him, but – I think he's something else. I, I think Fauci is trying hard, but I think that Fauci's not a, 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 a uh, he's not a, really as gifted at the soundbite as he would like to be. So he says something, and then he doubles back on it. It depends on who's interviewing him. So that, that's where all that. Comes Unlike from, you, but. he won't come on this show now. Just so you know. Let me ask you something, Doctor Siegel. We have all kinds of experts in different offices in the federal government. We have the director of the National Institutes for Health, and that's Fauci's boss. So I just want the public to understand there's many areas of health and medicine that he's not responsible for, correct? No, that's, and that's the point here. That's the point here, which is what's the larger picture here? The head of the NIH, Dr. Collins, is an expert on the genetic part of this and, and how this virus changes and how it's different. You know, Fauci is on the virus part of it. But he's not on the public health part of it. And I'm always talking to the top public health experts in the country who are epidemiologists. And they're looking. And they've said from the beginning, by the way, lockdowns don't work. Lock, I, I, by the way, spoke the other day to John Barry, who's the most famous historian on the 1918 flu. And he acknowledged that lockdowns only work early, before the community is flooded with, with COVID. And so, you know, that's something we were very afraid of at the beginning of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. We were all, the, all the bashing of the prior administration, they were up front worrying that this virus was spreading through the communities a year ago. And yet this Operation Warp Speed, without this Operation Warp Speed, we'd still be waiting for viruses, and there'd be a hell of a lot more deaths, wouldn't there? And by the way, I want to give another nod to Governor DeSantis on that, because he's smart enough to say, because this is up the line of what you just said. Here's how simple it is. For your listeners, public health solutions are not so complicated. They're not 5,000 guidelines you can't read through that are changing every two days. Here's how simple it is. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm going to carry over the bottom of the hour. I don't want to rush you. We're going to find out how simple it is. We'll be right back. AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, is one of the fastest-growing organizations in America, now over 2 million conservative members strong, and I'm one of them. AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we constitutional conservatives care about. More than talk, AMAC fights. A full-time presence in Washington, AMAC pushes back against reckless spending, disasters like Medicare for All, and the expanding reach of the federal government. And beyond advocacy, joining AMAC gives you access to a wealth of benefits and discounts, including special member-only rates on car insurance, travel discounts, cell phone plans, and a hell of a lot more. 
And if that's not enough, you'll get AMAC's bi-monthly magazine full of insightful articles on issues that matter to most of us, we conservatives. As I said, I'm an AMAC member, and you should be too. Join today at amac.us. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S. Stop supporting the liberal agenda that the other 50-plus organization has been pushing for. Join AMAC instead. A-M-A-C dot U-S. Mark Levin, making conservatism great again. Dial in now, 877-381-3811. Dr. Mark Siegel's book is COVID, The Politics of Fear and the Power of Science. So you were saying, Dr. Siegel, you were mentioning that Governor DeSantis was right. The formula here is quite simple. Go right ahead. And it's simplicity. Mark, Mm -hmm. that keeps people from being afraid. When they see doubling back and hypocrisy and inconsistency and name-calling and flame-throwing, that's when they get fearful. Now, look at Governor DeSantis. He decided that those over 65 should have the vaccine first. What genius is that? 80% of the deaths from COVID are in that age group. That's Mm -hmm. how simple it is. Now let's go down to Texas for a minute, where, you know, the president, President Biden, is calling the governor Neanderthal for for opening up everything. Really? Then you go down to Brownsville and you find out that he's allowing uh, undocumented migrants to come in carrying COVID and spread it into the local communities. That kind of inconsistency, where the front end does one thing and the back end does something else. I mean, excuse my my uh, my metaphor. I mean, it's that's what creates back end. Fear. You mean ass? You, need, you can say that. That's okay. <laughs> you need consistency. Also, Governor DeSantis at the very beginning of the pandemic identified nursing homes as a problem. I went into one of them, spoke to them. They they were transparent. They were calling families. They told everybody who was a positive case, who wasn't. Everybody got tested all the time, and they wore protective equipment. Come to New York, they were sending people back to nursing homes from hospitals who were positive. So it, it, the hypocrisy of the lockdowns, you know, so, and then, then you go to California where they locked down and closed outdoor restaurants where it was already proven by their own state health department that there was no spread there. That kind of, of, of hypocrisy among politicians creates fear and the anxiety that we're talking about. My fear, Dr. Siegel, is that some of the power that has been abused and overused by some of these politicians, it's going to be very difficult to take it back. You know, it's, it's like a wild animal. Once they taste blood, uh, it's very tough to domesticate them. And the, some of these governors seem to be enjoying the power that they're wielding. It's, it's going to be a problem, isn't it? Well, and it, and it is, and it's obviously occurring in most of the blue states. Some of them seem to be self-destructing. I mean, I, you know, we're we're seeing that here in New York, and it 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 it's, it's, it makes us understand that God is watching over everything, right? The, the the timing of that. But 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 in some of the other states, you're you're absolutely right. It's a power-hungry, power-mongering situation. And then, of course, let's not forget all the tax dollars that are flooding the situation, rather than actually opening businesses the way Florida's doing and the way Texas is now trying to do. Let's look at Montana. Montana, 100 new cases a day, you know, and, and, and there's, there's a, you know, a battle over that. I mean, the, the idea that the Biden administration trying to keep everything closed down at a time when the cases are dropping significantly and moving the goalposts because they, they promised us that the vaccines were going to allow us to open. Now CDC waits two days on their, on their recommendations. Listen, I had my vaccine. I feel much freer to go around than before I had it, and that's how everyone should feel. 
You know, and I haven't had a vaccine, and I wear my mask. I do. Not because the government tells me. You know what? I'm going to tell you something, Dr. Siegel. I don't know if I ever told you this. I'm watching Fauci early on, and he says, you don't need to wear a mask. And standing over my shoulder is my stepdaughter, who is a medical student. And on the other shoulder is my wife. And I look at them, and I say, all right, let's go get 500 masks. And they said, what do you mean? I said, surgeons wear masks for a reason. I'm no expert but I'm getting some masks. Something's not right about his message. Even as a pedestrian, it never made any sense to me. And so now I have masks. I wear it. People don't want to wear it. That's up to them. I'm wearing it until I get my vaccination. And even after, I still wear my mask. I wear it because I don't think it's a big deal. Uh, You know, I I don't think I really need it right now. I need it when I'm seeing patients. Right. But, you know, what I'm I'm interested in is, is reopening things. Mm-hmm. You know, if you have a vaccine, you can go into a movie theater, you can go into a restaurant, you can go on a plane. I'm so bugged by the fact, Mark, that when I went to Madison Square Garden the other night for a limited Nick game, hardly a hot dog around, they made me get tested before I went. I said, are you kidding? I had the vaccine. Mm-hmm. The vaccine's way more reliable than the test is. And they have to wake up to that. The idea that we can travel on planes, you know, if we were vaccinated, the more and more people were vaccinated, the more we can safely reopen. And that's... That's how simple this is. And you know what, doctor? President Trump understood this from day one. You can have masks. You can distance from six feet. He said, I want to kill this disease. I want to fight this disease. And he moved the federal bureaucracy like nobody else possibly could. I could see Joe Biden in there sitting back waiting. You know, it'll take five years. I'm sorry, folks. Just hunker down. Trump would not take no for an answer. He just wouldn't. I'll tell you. I'll tell you one other thing with that, that I don't mean to interrupt, Mark, but listen, you know, the art of the deal, the President Trump understood how to put together pieces that don't usually go together. It was genius to put the the military together with private on this, to get the pharmacies together with the United States military, to get Gus Perna involved, to create an operation that involved the CDC, the military. I mean, HHS was calling around to all of these states when the vaccine was coming out. And they said some states, you know, Governor Cuomo wasn't even going to the meetings. Some states listened very carefully, and they were ready for the vaccine. When Trump left office, there was a million doses a day going into people's arms. And then President Biden comes in and says there was no plan. He actually built on the plan that President Trump built. Of course, and you're right. Well, Dr. Siegel, I want to thank you very, very much. You've been absolutely terrific all through this, and we look forward to having you back soon. And the vaccine is bringing us out of this, and people should feel great about that, not fearful. All right. And God bless you, sir. You take care of yourself. Thank you, Mark. Thank All you. right. And by the way, I don't want to miss this headline at Breitbart, Mr. Producer, in America. Elaine Chow, she is the wife of the notorious Mitch McConnell, cited for misuse of office by Inspector General. Now, I only bring this up, not out of glee. I don't have glee at all. I only bring this up because wasn't Mitch McConnell the guy who was urging a criminal investigation, even charges against Donald Trump for something he never did? Remember that, America? The Transportation Department's Inspector General made public on Wednesday a report that cites repeated examples of former Secretary of Transportation Elaine Chow allegedly using her staff and her office to help benefit her family and their business operations and revealed that staff members at the agency had raised ethics concerns. Oh, and I remember she resigned objecting to President Trump, who was kind enough to give her the job in the first place. The Inspector General's investigation detailed a series of instances 
which Elaine Chow reportedly directed her staff to spend federal government time and resources to help with matters related to a family shipping company and her father. Remember that, folks? We have Peter Schweitzer on here. A formal investigation into potential misuses of position was warranted. Mitch Bem, the department's deputy inspector general, said on Tuesday in a letter to House lawmakers accompanying a 44-page report detailing the investigation and findings of wrongdoing. I wonder if this will show up on the editorial page of the Wall Street Journal or over there at National Review. The report indicated Chow had used her staff to make extensive arrangements in 2017 for the planned trip to China, which was canceled just before a planned departure after ethics concerns were raised. The Chow family company, Foremost Group, was responsible for 2019 for a large portion of orders at one of China's biggest state-funded shipyards and has secured long-term charters with a Chinese, hold on, turning the page, state-owned steelmaker, Breitbart News found. Foremost ships carry bulk cargoes such as iron ore and coal, focusing on shipping those commodities to China. The investigation noted the trip was scheduled to include stops at locations in China that received financial support from her family's company and also a meeting with quote-unquote top leaders in China that was scheduled to include her father, her sister, but not other members of the Transportation Department staff. Now, understand, they're worth tens of millions of dollars, but they still wanted to do this on your dime. There needs to be a criminal investigation, Mitch, don't you think? What do you know, Mitch? What did you know? We need Mitch's tax returns, ladies and gentlemen. While we're at it, let's get Pelosi's. And John Roberts, let's get the whole shebang going here. The investigators also found that Chow repeatedly asked agency staff members to help do chores for her father, including editing her father's Wikipedia page, promoting his Chinese language biography, and directing two staff members from the Transportation Secretary's office to send a copy of her father's book to a well-known CEO of a major corporation to ask if he would write a foreword for the book. Obviously, she was very busy, this Elaine Chow. Very, very qualified for the job of Department of Transportation. No doubt about it. I'm sure Mitch McConnell would agree with that. Apparently, staff members for Elaine Chow's office were assigned in 2017 to check with the Department of Homeland Security on, quote, the status of a work permit application for a foreign student studying in the U.S. and received a scholarship from a Chow Family Foundation. The student, according to the report, had interviewed Elaine Chow's father, James Chow, at the New York headquarters of the family shipping company, in order to share James Chow's experience with Chinese millennials. No comment. Transportation Department staff members were given the job of arranging details for James Chow's trip to China in October 2017, including asking through the Department of State for China's Transport Ministry to arrange for two cars for the six-person delegation, which included Chow's younger sister, Angela Chow, who had succeeded her father as head of the family shipping company, and Angela Chow's husband, the venture capitalist, Jim Breyer. Oh, my goodness. No wonder Mitch McConnell wasn't all that hot on hearings on Hunter Biden, Mr. Producer. Elaine Chow's trip to China that year was abruptly canceled after news organizations wondered about the makeup of Chow's delegation, wrote the New York Times. And Breitbart News reported in 2019 that Chow and her husband, Mitch McConnell, have directly benefited from the Chow family business. A Breitbart News senior contributor, Peter Schweitzer, has been on this program many times discussing this. 
recounts in his book Secret Empires, Chow's father, Mitch McConnell's father-in-law, gave the Washington Power Company a gift, term used in McConnell's financial disclosure forms to report this transaction, of between 5 and $25 million in 2008. According to the New York Post, the gift had a major impact on the couple's net worth in 2004. McConnell and his wife uh, had an average net worth of $3.1 million. Ten years later, they'd increased it to somewhere between $9.2 and $36.5 million. Isn't it great living in Washington, being part of the crowd? This jerk McConnell demanded a criminal investigation of our president who had nothing to do with an incitement, and there wasn't an insurrection. This man demanded a criminal investigation. Well, I demand a criminal investigation of McConnell and the Chow family. What the hell's been going on up there over the decades? I'll be right back. AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, is one of the fastest-growing organizations in America, now over 2 million conservative members strong, and I'm one of them. AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we constitutional conservatives care about. More than talk, AMAC fights. A full-time presence in Washington, AMAC pushes back against reckless spending, disasters like Medicare for All, and the expanding reach of the federal government. And beyond advocacy, joining AMAC gives you access to a wealth of benefits and discounts, including special member-only rates on car insurance, travel discounts, cell phone plans, and a hell of a lot more. And if that's not enough, you'll get AMAC's bi-monthly magazine full of insightful articles on issues that matter to most of us, we conservatives. As I said, I'm an AMAC member, and you should be too. Join today at amac.us. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S. Stop supporting the liberal agenda that the other 50-plus organization has been pushing for. Join AMAC instead, A-M-A-C dot U-S. Take a call. Let's go to Tim in Frisco. Where is it? Texas. I'm sorry. Yeah. What's going on here, Tim? Truthfully, is Mr. Call Screener. His computer has a problem. He has to write everything backwards. It's the funniest thing. But I wanted the country to know this. All right, go right ahead, my friend. Frisco, Texas. Yes. Frisco, Texas, just north of Dallas. Congratulations. Um, Thank you so much for taking my call. Yes. It's uh, not every day someone gets to talk to such a brilliant mind. Oh, well, thank you. Um, and who would that be? Okay, well, go right ahead. Thank you. <laughs> I'm speaking to him, my friend. <laughs> thank you. Um, you know, it's just, I remember I was telling the call screener that our, I know you brought it up with Mitch McConnell and his wife, Elaine Chow. It was five, I listen, I listen to you every night. Thank every you. Every time that you're on. And I hang on every word, and I know about like I told call screener six or seven years ago, you brought this up. Correct. About Mitch McConnell and his wife. Well, you really do. Yeah, Thank you. Maybe... No, I've been at it for years. Yeah, yep. you have been. And, I re- and you haven't brought it up in a while until all, until the life of me, Mark. I do mm. not understand how that could be a conflict of interest with his wife and her family in China with shipping and making the money they do and him criticizing everything. And, and one other thing is I'm listening to you, Tim. Isn't it interesting? It's not the Department of Agriculture or, or anything. It's the Department of Transportation. That's where Mitch wanted his wife. That's where his wife wanted to be. That's where the family wanted her. And isn't it interesting that her father and her family have made tens of millions of dollars 
through transportation with special treatment by the communist regime in China. And this guy's the Republican leader, and not a single damn Republican in the Senate seems to be concerned about it, do they? No one has said anything about his ties, in it, and he's so far and deep and has been. And far- Pelosi's tied to them. Here you have the Speaker of the House, the Republican leader. You got the Biden family. I mean, look at this. It's unbelievable what the communist Chinese are able to influence. I know. They're, they're so deep in, into our political system and to everybody that's in charge. It makes super big. Why, why do you think Pelosi not only protects Swalwell, keeps him on the Intelligence Committee, and then puts him on the, uh, the short list of managers for Trump's impeachment? Because they're both, uh, they're both in bed, may I say, with the communist Chinese. They really are. Tim, great call, my friend. I appreciate it. Call again. That music means it's over for the day, but we're back tomorrow. We salute our armed forces, police officers, firefighters, and emergency personnel. I want to thank all you great patriots in the audience. We really, really are blessed by you being there. And I will see you tomorrow. God bless. From the Westwood One Podcast Network. <laughs>